This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a frisk-free bet for up to 500 bucks. Terms and conditions do apply, so go get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. And we're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is a cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold package. It's literally made to chill. And we're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And we're also brought to you by the SGPN app. The NBA Finals free roll contest locks at the end of this week, so make sure to get your entry in for a free shot at winning $1,000. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store. All right, welcome back, DJs. It's uh, U.S. Open DFS week, man. Uh, I'm ready. It's myself, Boston Capper, with the God of Golf himself, Steve Shermer. Steve, what's up, baby? You ready for this week? Oh, of course. I am ready for another TED Talk tonight. You know, go over right. DFS lineups and uh, strategies and everything. But, uh, yeah, great to be back on. And uh, so I did enough talking last night, and I think I should <laughs> shift it over to my co-host. So he didn't really give a whole lot of reactions to what we talked about last night. So he's had about 24 hours to marinate over it, you know, look over lineups, change a few things, you know, look at the betting cards. So I guess if there's, is there anything from last night that you want to push back on? Or is there something that you heard that's like kind of like setting in stone, like where you're going this week? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing I really want to push back on. It was just a lot of fucking information, Steve. It's like drinking through a fire hose sometimes when we're talking, man. Like it's a, <laughs> you know, it's it's a lot. But yeah, I mean, I think everything you said was pretty much spot on. I've only listened to, I think I only listened to Mayo and I half listened to another show today. Um, but everybody's talking about the same shit, right? Like distance, right? Driving distance, driving distance, driving distance. So it's kind of hard to ignore that narrative. You don't want to get cute and outsmart yourself. Um, but I think anybody who's not going to be long, like I really want those long iron players. And I, 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 when I was building my model today, I never factor in putting for more than like 5%. I did POA for 10. Um, mm. I want somebody who can putt good on POA. And we talked about it, like, because it's such a it's a grass where you don't really know where it's going to go. Like, I want somebody who at least has experience on it and is not going to melt down and get frustrated by it if the putt doesn't go where it wants to go. Right. Um, are, are you just talking about Justin Thomas? I mean, I might be. <laughs> I might be okay. talking about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it's it's not straightforward this week. But the comp courses you gave me um, were good for me uh, for, for changing up the model and spit out some different stuff for me. So. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're spot on, man. I think uh, I mean everybody's you know everybody's ready to for uh, to go through the DFS stuff, man. Okay, I I only have two comments before we start getting into it. And we uh, and we bring on Nagel. So I sent you a text this morning about I, I was trying to wrap my brain around the differences between East Coast and West Coast like Poa, and I I think I figured it out. So on the East Coast, most of those major venues that we talked about were bent Poa mixes. So when you have a bent Poa mix, it tends to roll a little truer. West Coast. All POA. That's where you get the bumpy stuff. And that's where you see, you know, maybe it kind of evens out the field a little bit. Maybe some guys are a little worse with putters. You know, they can kind of overcome it, you know, a little bit to there too. So, you know, I, I tried to focus with my model looking at just POA only golf courses, like just pure POA. And the, and the ones that I came up with were Torrey, Pebble Beach, Riviera, and WGC uh, or Club de Chapultepec. Those are pure Poa golf and Oakmont too, but there's no strokes gain data, so it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, but those five are the only ones I found that were just pure Poa. There might be right. a couple FedEx couple of playoff events, but they're one-offs. So I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, so the second thing, though, uh, so I misspoke last night. The fairways at Torrey Pines, 
they were Bermuda back in 2008. They're now fully Kakuyan. So that sparked something I read about a week ago, reading about Kikui grass that was in Golf Digest when, that came out in February, talking about Riviera. And there was a certain quote from a certain golfer in that article that kind of explained why some guys are good on Kikuya and some guys aren't. And that changed my opinion. Well, it didn't change my opinion on a certain player, but it raised a couple concerns. And I was, I was kind of questioning why certain things were with this one player. And we'll talk about him pretty soon. And it threw me through a loop on another player because on one hand, I really like him. But on the other hand, he is mushed to the moon now, and I don't really know what to do. So we'll see. We're probably going to have to hash it out with Nagels and you. And you're probably going to have to talk me off a ledge and come on down. But uh, yeah, yeah the, it's the it's Kikuya, be a podcast. Yeah, the Kakuya changed, uh, and uh, that made me shift uh, to a couple guys who who I was debating between, and that was a tiebreaker for me um, for some of the guys in the 7K range. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, good. That type of grass. So, yeah, man. All right. So, uh, I guess, uh, I mean, weather's the weather out in California, right? We're not expecting anything crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the easiest job in the world is being the San Diego weatherman, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like being a golf handicapper in 2000. You know, like, all right. <laughs> Tiger Woods. Field? All right, let's bet on Tiger. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. No, it's going to be sunny. I, I was watching uh, Golf Central. They're talking about the golf course. Um, the greens are kind of soft right now. They're definitely firming up. They're getting quick. There's no rain in the forecast. It's going to get pretty crispy out there. It's going to be basically the same thing what we saw in 2008. Um, the only difference is guys are just better overall. Now they have better equipment. So maybe you'll see guys, maybe the winning scores mid-teen or mid-single digits under par. Yeah, but yeah, it's still gonna play really tough. It's gonna be demanding. It's it's gonna be what we expect from this place. Okay, all right, all right. Well, with that said, let's bring on our special guest, Nagels Bagels. What's up, buddy? Hi guys, how are you? Good man. How about you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate are you bag- it. your bags all packed? No, I didn't pack yet. I've been I've been breaking down. I've been I've been doing some fades and pivots all day. I mean, but, I, uh, I'm pretty sure he had all his Xander shirts. Like laid out like a month yeah ago. yeah yeah I'm ready I'll, I have I have my kits I'm good I'm I'm ready to go so um, so so uh, yeah. for for anyone in our audience who doesn't know so you are going out to the U S Open in yeah. uh, San Diego so why don't you tell a little bit what what your plans are like what days you're going out who you what just what are you plan on doing on the grounds there <laughs> uh, all right um well my brother lives in San Diego and he just had a baby so. Even though I planned this trip about three years ago, when uh, when it was announced that, or probably longer than that, that uh, I was, we were going to go out there. And my brother and I were going to go to the U.S. Open together and all that stuff. Uh, we didn't know that he was going to have a baby a month before, <laughs> so that put a little uh, put a little uh, crimp in the plans there. Uh, I only have we only have tickets for uh, for Saturday, but I am going to finagle my way onto the grounds. One of the uh, one of the earlier days, I might even go on Wednesday and see if I can find out some stuff uh, for the show Wednesday night. And then uh, yeah, I'm probably going to spend a lot of time there. I'll spend time with my niece in the evening. But um, I'm looking forward to uh, being at a golf tournament again. It's been a long time. I don't know. I don't even know what's the last time. I've, maybe the Travelers a couple of years ago. I don't remember the last one I went to. But I, I love going to golf tournaments. I love following my guys. I don't have to complain about TV coverage and I don't have to <laughs> try to find out what's going on with a certain player. I can just go and find out myself. So um, now, I'm going to, I'm going to eat some Mexican food. I'm going to, uh, 
you know, me and my brother will probably find it to find a morning to go play. But right now we're going to go play on Saturday. And then on Monday, I'm going up to L.A. I'm going to spend a couple of days up there with a buddy of mine. And then I don't fly back until Wednesday. And then it's Travelers Week. And then I got to do the Travelers show. And I might go to the Travelers next week. So we'll oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, the Travelers, I always go there. And I'm is that a- is that where I saw that video? You aggressively uh, slapping Xander's hand today? No, that was the that was the Northern Trust. At Holy Liberty. shit! You yeah. high five the shit out of him. I was he like, just oh my missed, God, he just missed the cut too. Where he's walking <laughs> off the golf course. Uh, how how, how long did it take before you washed your hand after that? <laughs> Come on, it just, it just happened. I didn't even know that was being recorded. I was just happened to be there, and I'm glad I'm glad it happened. It will live forever. That's my guy. There you go. All right. Let's let's switch a little bit to just your general thoughts about the U.S. Open. Just like I know it's really early in the week, but where is your head at as far as what you're looking for? Some guys, some leans. Just like overall high level. You know, what what are you looking for? The first thing I did was I I like and this worked for the Masters. It didn't work so much at the PGA, but I uh, I looked at the record of the. I, I looked at the of the players' records in majors like the last four or five years. I really think that it, this is going to require a certain amount of pedigree. I looked at I put a, more of a premium on that than I did just farmers insurance open course history stats. I looked at I looked at major pedigree. Then I looked at event how they did in the U.S. Open, and then I looked at okay, well if this looks good and that looks good, let me see what their situation is here at Tory. And that's pretty much in that order that, um, that was, and then, and then recent form. And that's how I kind of molded uh, my roster who I liked and who I didn't like, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of choices to be made. There's a lot of good players that a lot of guys hit it a long way. A lot of guys have a good short game and it's, it's interesting. It's, you gotta you gotta die on some hills this week, which is what I like. That's what I usually do. I, I'm usually on the wrong end of a life <laughs> death decision, but you know we'll see. But, but definitely in that order: event history and major pedigree more so than oh well, he finished seven at the Farmers, so he'll probably play well this week. I that, didn't even I didn't even use the Farmers. Yeah, I didn't even use the Farmers. I just think it, it's just gonna play so different that I didn't. Well, that's smart. That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't think a lot of people are gonna do that. So. Yeah, I mean, I have it as a reference up, but it's like a small part of like a big decision. So, I mean, I think like just in general, like if the golf course doesn't look the same, like if it just fits an eye, okay, sure. But yeah, it's a different grass type, different firmness, different green speeds. Yeah, I mean, it's it's anyone who thinks it's just, you know, you just look at, you know, farmers insurers open leaderboards and think, oh, it's just going to be the same. It, it's not. It, it isn't. So I agree. All right. You want to go with ownership? This is the yeah. first time I've had you yeah, talk about this. So, <laughs> I, so Nagels, I, I think your thoughts about just like there's a lot of tough decisions and there's a lot of guys to pick from, it's kind of reflected in ownership right now. It, everything is, it's early in the week. Everything's really spread out. Uh, pretty much, every, you know, everything over $8,000 is pretty spread out. So let's go over $10,000. Um, uh, four guys are really breaking out right now. You got John Rahm at about 15.5%, Bryson 15, Brooks Kepke at about 17, Roy about 16. Those are the top guys. Justin Johnson's a tier below at about like, you know, low teens. Jordan Spieth is going to ignore probably because everybody's pounding, you know, their table about driving distance and he's the shortest guy of this, you know, this list. So 
there's that uh, under between nine thousand hour range. Uh, you got no surprise. Your boy Xander Schauffele, seventeen and a half percent right now. Uh, Victor Hovland's behind him. Patrick Reed is actually getting popular because oh. he won the, he won Tory back in uh, January. Rory's getting some steam at sixteen percent as well. Uh, Cantley's actually not as high owned as I thought it what he would be. I'm thinking maybe because he just won, maybe guys like, all right, well, he's not going to win two in a row. So he's only at about 13% right now. And then Jates, Justin Thomas is under 10, which it's the, how the mighty has fallen. So <laughs> it's at 9,700 too. I know. And we'll, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, $8,000 range. Excuse me. Did you mention Morikawa? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. 13. Yes. Morikawa is uh, 15% owned. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I mean, like, so, so of like, you know, Rory, Morikawa, Xander, Hovland, Reed, they're about the same. So, okay. and then Finau again, like going to eight thousand dollars range. Finau about fifteen and a half percent. Will Zalatoris fifteen percent. Uh, Louis Uswe is about seventeen percent. Uh, I think just so. because he's finished top ten in lap, or he finished top ten in, at Wingfoot, finished what second at the PGA. Uh, I think his course history at Torrey is actually okay. I think that's what's driving some popularity right there. Uh, Haddon's gained a little steam. He's up at about 12%, and then everybody else is under 10. Uh, I mean, like, Hideki's at 9, Webb's at 9, Schaffler's at 9, Berger's just under 10. Like, the only guys in the 8,000-hour range that just are not drawing ownership is Connors, Rose, and Smith. Yep. Um, seems like they're just getting th- that's where we start seeing guys just basically ignored. Like these are real, the real pivot plays like in that range, 7,000 hour range. There's like four guys. There's like four main guys. You have Paul Casey at 19%. It seems like every major now he's popular just because when everybody looks at fantasy national, they just focus all on the ball striking. That's all that matters. And he is long off the tee. I mean, he's a good iron player. Like, obviously if that's what you're looking for this week, that's your guy. Just everybody's jumping on him. Uh, Shane Lowry is at 18%. Like, I mean, he's playing really good. And I think this is the second major in a row that he's popular. I think he was popular, what, at the PGA? Yeah, he was. Yeah. So uh, he's at 17. Kokrak also is at 17 as well. Uh, and then Hoffman is drawn about 13%. Oh, Max Homa as well is drawn about 13%. Yeah. And then you got some guys around like 9%. Like, you know, answers at 9 like Sam Burns is at nine. Gary Woodland's at nine. Uh, Wallace is around nine or 10. Carlos Ortiz is at eight because he made a run back in Torrey back in January. I think people remember that. Streelman's at nine because he, he played well at the PGA. So those are like kind of mid-tier options. And then everybody else is pretty much six or five percent and below. And then under $7,000, there's really not a whole lot of ownership. You got Johnny Vegas at about 6%. You got Lanto Griffin at five. You have uh, Wyndham Clark because he's a bomber. He's at four. You got Brendan Steele because he's good at like POA and he's won the Safeway a couple times. Maybe that's the connection. He's at six. But there's not like a standout under $7,000 guy this week. So just nice. Yeah, it seems like just looking at this, it's definitely balanced build. Like just, you know. A lot of guys in the nines and eights getting picked and then sevens. And then that's where everybody's comfort zone is. It doesn't seem like there's really anyone going down under seven yet. So it's early. And I mean, people still got to remember it's top 60 in ties this week, too. Right. right. So the six the six, is six is going to be fucking even lower. So you start dumpster diving down here like, man, it's uh gets gets ugly fast. It does. Yeah. So. All right. That's the ownership. Why don't we. uh 
don't we take a break and then uh, we'll get right to it. All right, sounds good. Well, listen, uh, so WinBet is bringing you the action of a real sports betting and win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer of up to a $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions do apply, so get the details at winnbet.com and download the app today. I'll give you uh, I'll give you uh, some numbers that I like uh, tomorrow on the betting show uh, that the, the WinBet is hanging. But, yeah, go download that app if it's uh, if it's a legal way you're at, hopefully Florida someday. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean they're they're taking sports books away from New York before they give it back to us. So yeah, yeah. that makes sense. They got to make I sure know. everybody gets the proper kickbacks, man. Yeah, yeah, it must be pretty good living in New Jersey there, uh, Nagels. So oh, well, yeah. Other than the fact that it's costing me a fortune, yeah. <laughs> but it's available. So to it's you. no fun having a sports book here if you keep giving them all your money. <laughs> I know. No, I, I was telling Boston Cabra, I have a couple out uh, futures bets on. Uh, a book that shut down service in New York. So if those guys win, I have to scramble to depot to get my money out that night. Otherwise I have no longer have access to my account. It's just gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. They're conveniently shutting down service the day after the U S open and they canceled wow. a couple of open championship bets. I had that were pretty nice prices. They just outright just cancel them. That sucks, but hey, it is what it is. I'm sorry. All right. DFS. Let's break down these tiers. Let's go to the ten thousand dollar range. And let's shake. Let's shake it up a little bit. Usually we say like gun to your head, one player picking. Yeah. How about gun to your head, Nagels? One player you're not taking. Well, that's kind of easy though. I, I saw that. I saw that question. That's kind of easy. Um, I mean, we're all going to take Spieth, aren't we? Is anybody going to make a case for Jordan Spieth? You got all these guys around him that hit him fifty miles past them. <laughs> I. This isn't a, I don't care what anybody says. This is not a Jordan Spieth golf course. And I, I don't, as I love, I'm, I, I like Jordan Spieth personally, and I wouldn't mind him playing well, but not here, not the second highest priced guy on, in, in the, in the field. I don't think he, he doesn't deserve that on this golf course. Anyway, if we were playing at Pebble Beach, yeah, I could get, I can understand it. But playing here, I don't, I, that seems like an easy fifth choice out of those out of those five guys. As much as I want to, you know, fade John Rahm and make a case for him and t- against him, I can't. It's got. It's got. If I gotta be, if I'm gonna be honest, it's gotta be Spieth, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you 100 on that. Like, I mean, you can get Q. And look, I mean, he 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 can compete because he's so good. Uh, he's like a magician around the greens and with the putting when he's got it on. But I mean, just off a of face value on Monday, like, yeah, there's no way you can. Like, I, I'm with you. I just feel like there's no way you could back Spieth and drop one of these other guys. I don't care how anti-curse DJ is. Like, it's uh, it is what it is. Like, yeah, it's Spieth. Okay. Well, this is going to be a boring podcast, so I'm going to try and shake it up for you guys, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to try and make case for Jordan Spieth, then. Okay, come on. I'm not saying I like the pick, but, I mean, if you guys don't like him, I'm going to try being contrarian for a second. So, yeah. it's not all bad off the tee for him. And, Boston Kevin, you kind of hinted at it last night, where the season-long stats look really bad. Yeah. The short-term stuff is about where he needs to be right now, yeah, as far as strokes gain off the tee. And I think there's kind of a difference between, and there's a lot of push, and I think there's a difference between driving distance and gaining strokes off the tee. And I think it all is because we're all thinking about wing foot last year, where 
like the driving accuracy percentage was 40 percent. It's one of the it's the lowest, you know, percentage I've seen in 12 years. In 2008, it was about 58 percent. And the tour average about 61. So, like, yeah, guys are going to be missing more fairways here. But just overall with the field, like, it's it, it's not like everybody's going to be in the rough. And they're and they and and with this rough, there it is a little bit of a 50 50 proposition where balls can sit up, you can get solid contact, balls can sit down. Where at Wingfoot, if you were in the rough, it, it was sitting down. You were hacking out that you had no chance. And Spieth also isn't quite as short off the tee is what you think. I mean, he's over the last two years, he's averaging 299.6 off the tee. That's not bad. like that's longer than Morikawa, it's longer than Reeves, longer than Webb, it's longer than Corey Connors. So, I mean, he has added some distance, and now he's gaining strokes off the tee. It's not, I don't see it going quite, I don't think he's like, yeah, see, I know he's behind all these guys, but I think, for me, I'm looking at more strokes gained rather than just pure driving distance. Like, yes, driving distance helps. I think there's more wiggle room for guys that, like, just don't hit it quite as far. But as long as they're getting strokes on the field, it's fine. Like, then you can have a long iron in the hand, then you can go for the green. So, I want to bring up what threw me through a loop earlier. This is a good time to talk about it. So, with the fairways of Kakuya, and something had been bugging me about Brooks Kepka all week. So, it's two things. I couldn't really, besides that U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, I couldn't think of a very good West Coast appearance for Brooks. It's because he used to skip it all the time. Well, hold on. Let me finish. (laughs) Either a Tory. Or Riviera, which has the same exact grass type as Torrey Pines this week. It's Kikuya Fairways, Kikuya Rough, Fast Poa Greens. And I found that article uh, when they talk about Kikuya Grass, and he actually was quoted in saying, well, I mean, I haven't won here. I don't really have this place figured out. I think the reason why I don't fare as well at Riviera is because I hit down on the ball, and that creates a lot more spin with your irons. And he feels like if and he fi- he said directly, he feels like guys in Kikuya who have flatter backswings and kind of pick the ball, and you mentioned two players in particular, Dustin Johnson and Adam Scott, those types of swings where they don't have as much spin on the ball, they have better control on it into these greens, that works a little better than what his playing style is. Mm. And so, if you look at Riviera, does not have a good finish there. Kikuya, Ferris, Kikuya, Rough. When you go to Chapultepec, same thing. For Kikuya, Ferris, Kikuya, Rough. Fast Poa Greens doesn't have a good result there either. So, I mean, that's it's a little bit of a red flag. It's a little concerning that I think we're just assuming with Brooks. Yeah, it's U.S. Open. Brooks is going to show up and that maybe that happens. But with his popularity, with everybody on him. I mean, it's it's a little cause for concern, I think. The fact that like on these grass types like T to green, it hasn't really gone well for him. So. I think it is ownership. I like. I would rather bet him outright than use him in a DFS lineup if he's going to be the most popular guy in this range, which it looks like he's going to be. Yeah, I mean, look, I could get behind that. I feel like uh, I feel like when we're up here, anyway, for the most part, every week it's the same thing. I mean, you got to find something for you to differentiate between these guys. You know what I mean? And that's a good reason as any. It's a little scary. I already got an outright on him. So, you oh know, yeah, I, I do too. And then I found out that it was not Bermuda fairways, which is why I liked Kepka. <laughs> it was Kikuya. And then I remember that quote. I was like, uh Oh yeah. I mean, I'm uh, yeah. I mean, I'm fine with that, I guess. Like, yeah, I mean, 
the, fun, the funny thing is, is there's no like pivot point there, right? I mean, everybody right around them is going to be it. And what's well, funny is, I, I mean, I, well, the pivot point is who is a guy who's done really well at Riviera and done really well at Chapultepec, and unfortunately is mushed to the moon. Yeah, it's DJ. Dustin. It's Dustin yeah. Johnson. Yeah. That's a six hundred dollar difference when we're talking DFS, though. That's a big swing. You know what I mean? It is, but you can fit that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I, listen. If the Andercurs last week didn't work. Harris English almost won, so maybe it's over. I mean, I, I mean, I'm trying to talk my way into how this could be right. I mean, we did see Phil Nicholson win a PGA, right? For real. We saw Hideki Matsuyama can't win. Hideki finally win a major. Yep. Is the is the Andercurs over? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, it just it, it it boggles my mind that I know this this guy is just consistently wrong all the time. Yet we are on a playing surface with DJ that he has so much success on, and he's dominated these West Coast Poa tracks, like it like from Pebble Beach to Tory, like to Riv. Yeah, he just is awesome on it. Kepka outplayed him at at Pebble Beach. I'm Kepka talking about just I'm talking about Pebble Beach in general. Well, I'm talking about the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, where it okay. actually met. That's fine. That's fine, but that is, but that's Poa Fairways. This is Kikuya Fairways and Rough. Brooks oh. specifically cited he doesn't feel like he can hit his irons very well in Kikuya. Okay, I think I listen. I can respect a great agronomy take. I can. <laughs> I can, and I trust. I, you. Listen, I, this could be completely bullshit. It just I that caught me by surprise, and I was wondering why hasn't he been very good at Riviera? He's Brooks Kepka. He's awesome. Why wasn't he very good at Chapultepec? Because those and events. He said, and, he said, and, he, and he said that quote. Maybe those events don't matter, Steve. Riviera is a lot of money. WGC a, is a lot of money. Yeah, but maybe he's got a, he's got a lot of money. Okay, and maybe in Brooks's mind. Those events don't really matter. They're early in the year. Wake me up in April. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the reason. I don't know. His track record has kind of proven that. And I still contend that his win at Waste Management in this past year was just handed to him on a silver platter. He wasn't like he was trying to win. He just, it was handed to him. So he took it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, you're a Brooks guy. This guy has been – I need to ask a question, and then I have, I, I have a comment. But this guy has been – in his last three U.S. Opens, he's been beaten by one player. And he didn't play Wingfoot. And my question is – and you kind of alluded to it. You know the, the whole take about how Bryson won at Wingfoot and the, the advantage he had in ball, with balls in the rough and everything else. Yes. You, don't think, you don't think that Kate – Tory's going to play like that this week? So Just I don't think that take. So I don't think Bryson has as big of advantage at Torrey Pines as he did at Wingfoot. At Tor at Wingfoot, he could cut corners and cut off more of the hole than other guys could. And more guys are going to be in the fairway this week than they were at Wingfoot. Mm-hmm. And like like everything at Torrey Pines is kind of straight out in front of him, where like there's no corners to cut. He can't even really carry a lot of those bunkers now where they moved them. And with the Kikuya rough, like once it hits the rough, it's basically stop moving. So, like, yeah, he can have big carry distances, but I don't think he's going to have as short of irons into these greens as he did at Wingfoot. Like, okay. kind of like how Matthew Wolf did something similar. Mm-hmm. It, like, it, when everybody was missing the fairway at Wingfoot, it turned into, okay, who's just the closest to the green? I understand. 
Yeah. Like that's, and, so I, and, I, I think Bryson doesn't have quite as big of an advantage as he did at Wingfoot. And that, and that and that Wingfoot narrative to me, I don't know, it kind of bothers it kind of bothers me because he did end up running away with it, but it's not like he ran away with it starting on Thursday. He just separated himself on Sunday. Like it, it, like you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like he was No, I agree. He Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he was right there with the pack. Yeah, he was he was not winning going into Sunday's final round. So yeah. yeah. Listen, I I think I, I want to wrap this with a bow. Yes, I'm a Brooks guy. I love Brooks. I think he can play well this week. My argument is if he's the most popular player in this range, I think it's a little concerning if you join the crowd given what he has said about his performance on Kikuya Grass. That's fair. And yep. you know me. I'm a I'm an ownership guy and I understand. I I, I, I can send you the article after this too if you want to read it. Okay. Thanks. But I just want to know like how how much ownership are we talking about here? Like how much of a separation? I don't know how mush. I don't know how mush Brooks Kepka is this week. I really don't. I think it's really spread out. I think a lot of people like a lot of different people. Yeah, I mean it's right in line. Like so, if you look at like projected ownership, I mean he's at fifteen. Rom's at fifteen. I mean give or take, you know, half a percent on either side. You know, we'll see what happens as the week goes on. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like I, I mean, I, I'm fine with betting him outright. Obviously, it's Brooks Kepka. Right. But I just like it, it gives me a little because I had these questions about Brooks. Like, why wasn't he doing well in these certain events? And then I found that answer. And I'm like, oh, oh, maybe that's the reason. Like, maybe it, it, it really isn't about it doesn't matter. Like he was he gave an honest answer that, yeah, I don't perform well hitting balls off Kikuya. Like, that's pretty direct. All right. Well, before before we move to the 9K range without let's just just give we don't have to delve into it right everybody's always talking unless you have a different take than anything you've heard on why you like a guy just, just pick one guy up top so people know who we like up top i mean i had go ahead go ahead, go, go, go ahead Nichols. i like brooks i like brooks okay okay all right <laughs> i'm ignoring the Ander curse i'm going dj you're going dj Okay, I'm I'm ignoring the price tag, and I'm walking down Narrow Street with John Rom. So, you know, Brando Sham- you know, Brando Chambly picked uh, Rom tonight. Who did? Brando Chambly. He usually yeah. wins. He, he was he was giggling, laughing, picking him. Whatever, as long as that other guy who who I follow, I don't even remember his damn name, but uh, as long as he doesn't pick him, I'll be all right. But whatever, I like Rob, and uh, like you said, we pick nits up here with all these fucking guys anyway, so who gives a shit? Like, yeah, I mean, I'm taking a quote a guy made in February. As, as <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so the 9K range is definitely where you see all the ownership spread out, right? Like, I mean, other than one guy they're all within a percent point of each other so the definitely the balance build is happening this week right like the, nobody's wanting to go down into the lo- multiple low sevens or into the or into the sixes um so i guess uh steve you start with uh start with two of your favorite plays in the range sir all right i mean it's i'll make nagels happy here. i don't know if i make nagels happy here. i'm kind of like on a cold streak a little bit <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's going to win, but it's it's hard for me to not see Xander contending just based on just who he is as a player. I mean, putt's good on Poe. He's long off the off the tee, gains a lot of strokes off the tee, good iron player. Um, I worry a little bit about how, like, what, he was on that, like, TV show they're doing. They're building that up on Golf Channel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, like, like it's, like, the real fairy tale ending of him, like, w- winning like that seems a little Ooh, too. That's that's narrative cute. street. I, I know. I, 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 I'm saying I don't I don't like that. 
I'm just saying it's just like pure, just who he is, how I think this tournament is probably going to play. And I think it fits Xander, Xander's game. Okay. And then the other guy, it scares me JT is under 10. And I know I MF that guy at the Memorial. But I have seen major championships where it's Poa Greens, where everyone was having trouble putting that week. And I mean, he's long enough off the tee. The ball striking numbers look great for him. Yeah. And it just like like can he, he just make a damn five foot putt? He lost like almost eight and a half strokes putting. Like, I know. In the memorial. I mean, have, that can't I mean, happen again. You know what I mean? I know. Like, like I mean, last time I think we saw that was like Morikawa did that at Genesis, and then he and won, won the next session. week. I know. The putting can turn around. It has right. two weeks. It just, oh my god! Like, like, like this isn't like he was just burning edges. Like, just nothing was going. This was just visibly frustrated. But it, I don't know. I, I, I think if if he's really under ten percent, it seems like you just close your eyes and in a GPP you just take him, given his ceiling and what he can do here. Because T to green, it does fit his game here. Okay. All right. Nagels, who you like? Uh, well, you're talking about fairy tale endings. Did I happen to mention that I'm going to be there this week? <laughs> yes. Rocking my, my Xander shirt on Father's Day. I'll be there supporting my guy. Are you going to be like Jungle Bird and uh, storm the uh, the trophy presentation if he wins? Just I mean, I'm just saying. You're talking, story, you're talking about fairy tale endings. What would be more storybook than that? The Nagel getting a victory. Uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously. I've I've had this thing with uh, don't want to mush Xander and I don't want to bet on him and everything else and yeah. I said fuck that I'm I'm betting him I'm rostering him I'm all in this is our week we're gonna win this one this week and that's what I'm rooting for it, right. it's sports we root for our guys right yeah right, definitely I'm surprised you don't like Rory Steve I got to be honest with you you no, rather I- take- You'd rather take I, JT instead of Rory I'm this surprised is just, this is a DFS angle Rory's a lot more popular. But I do like Rory a lot this week. He just is a lot more popular. This is just a contrarian yeah. angle. I a DFS day because he yeah. texted me this morning. You're taking Rory. Fuck you. Go bet it. Okay. All right. All right, Steve. I'll go bet. Yeah. It. No, it was, it, it was, it was, I'm betting Rory. I know you don't like it. Fuck your feelings. That yeah. was actually, the that, that was it. That was it. It's a good t- I like that. It's a good take. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I like, uh, but all, yeah, but all these guys at the top above 10,000 Rory sitting there at 99. Yeah, I think Rory's live. He he played well. He's played well, Tory. But we we spent all these other major podcasts talking about Justin Thomas and how this isn't a a PGA Tour setup, and he's yeah. I mean, he he kind of basically walked off the course at the at the Masters. Things didn't go his way, and he was in the mix at Wingfoot, and then things went awry, and then he he faded there, and I don't know. I'm questioning JT's mental fortitude and his putting yeah has been atrocious and this golf course is going to expose you so i don't i don't love that not to shit on your picks but that's fine uh, i like um disagreement is fine i'm just surprised coming from you but yeah i i like i'm gonna be rooting my ass off for xander and i think i like i think i like rory oh but that's gonna come down to ownership because hovlin and reed are also I think pretty solid plays, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, l- listen, my, my take on JT is more I'm trying to just make a case for him because he's low owned. He's he's the only guy under 10% here. I can see a world where 
just things go right ball striking wise. And my take with JT is it's not firm conditions that bother me with him. It's when there's wind and it's San Diego. There's no wind. So if I throw that variable out of there, I think T to green be fine. It just comes down to can you just make a damn five foot putt? I'm not quite sure. But putting is very variable. And if he's under 10 percent. I mean, crazy shit happens in golf. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely yeah, worth it. But, but me not saying I don't like I, I don't mean like me not mentioning Rory, me not mentioning Hovland, me not mentioning Patrick Reed. It doesn't mean I don't like them. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make an ownership case at that point. Like just like like I, I can see a world, obviously, where things maybe aren't quite as bad for JT as what people are thinking. I got yeah. you. Yeah. And, and I mean, he, he is literally the only person in this entire range that's under 15 percent. So he's the only pivot play if you want to go anywhere. I mean, if that's not the case, then you better pick the guy who's going to kill you with, you know, DK scoring or win the fucking tournament on 9K. Right. And realistically, how many guys can really win this tournament? I mean, I mean. I mean, we crossed up a lot of names last night. A lot of names, right? And I like, got down to five, and you're like, nope, it's three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. man. Yeah, well, you got, you got a long flight. You can listen to it tomorrow. I was yeah. just 20. <laughs> three. Some <laughs> <laughs> million guys, I think. All right, what am I? All right, I'm way off. All right, so uh, my guys, uh, I'm with, I like Reed, man. Like, Reed is one of those guys who. Uh, it's a narrative street, but I don't give a shit because this is what happens. You put him on a golf course where you shouldn't be able to compete because he's short off of it. He's a grinder. He wants to fucking win. He's a guy who, when he's 12 feet away, staring at a putt to get up and down, I have faith that he's going to make it, right? It's the complete opposite of, of JT when it comes to that. Um, so I like Reed. I hate the fact that he's popular. Usually he's not popular. Usually we get like an asshole discount because people just don't like to root for him. Um, and so, um, but whatever, I don't care. I'm taking Reed. Um, I also like Xander. I just, I just, I just, I just know for DFS purposes, like, man, it's, it is really hard to ignore. Um, obviously San Diego kid plays good, blah, 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 all that shit that you're going to hear all week. Right. But he's 18%. That means he's going to be fucking 28% by the time it comes around. Right. So he better fucking win or he better give you a top three, top five. Um, so I'm going Morikawa. Um, not, not short. One of the better long iron, if not the best long iron players in the game. Same thing. Guy can't putt to save his goddamn life, but he's a West Coast kid. He's used to POA. Um, I don't hear him getting a lot of steam, at least on some of the stuff I listen to. Um, so give me Morikawa on the West Coast. Give me one of the best iron players in the world. And, uh, yeah, that's it. All right, so who's a guy you don't like then? I'll give you one guess. All right, it's, it's Happy Feet, right? Yeah, it's Happy Feet. All right, just- show, me on the, show me on the doll where Patrick Cantley hurt you. <laughs> Dude, I just don't – listen – I don't know what it is. You know what I think it started? Like, I never really liked him anyway. But you remember when we had, I think we had Rom, and it was Rom and JT, and Cantlay came from behind and snatched our soul? Yeah, but that wasn't Cantlay's fault. That was Rom's fault. I don't give a fault. shit. I don't care. Listen, it's never Rom's fault, sir. Okay? <laughs> the, um, I think I actually was on JT that day, and, that was yeah, actually, and I, I was actually very mad at him. Yeah, yeah. I, and I had Rom. And so, like, we were both live. It, either way, we were like, oh, well, we have these two guys. Cantlay's going to go in. Um it was ter- I don't want to go over that, but whatever. I just don't. One, he won last week. He's a good player all around. I don't think he has uh, the intestinal fortitude to to win an open. Um, I I I hate his fucking setup. I hate his happy feet on everything. I don't know, man. He's just one of those guys that I watch, and I know Nagel's pointed out last time that Keegan does the same thing. I get it, but like I can't. Keegan doesn't get as much airtime as Cantlay, so maybe it just irritates me that way. Um, yeah, and he just won, and with the ownership being the way it's at, like I'd much rather uh, read for a hundred dollars less, or I'd rather pay an extra two hundred bucks for Xander, right, or three hundred bucks for Morikawa. 
So that's where I'm at on that. Nagels, who's one guy in this range you don't like? But besides J- besides JT, is there anyone else that you're not you're avoiding? So now I got to fade you guys. Um, <laughs> I was going to out. It just uh, it probably fade JT. Uh, okay. Been burnt, burnt, been uh, burned too many times. Uh, it might. I don't. I like the replay. I do. You said you guys said that uh, when we were talking about how we were going about picking our players, and I wasn't really paying too much attention to the farmers' results. But Reed's ownership is through the roof, and the only reason it's through the roof is because he freaking won. And I'm telling you, people are looking at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's that's exactly the case. I think that's trouble. I do. Now that I'm thinking about it, Capper, I think it's trouble if everyone's okay. to be Patrick Reed. Uh, I mean, we were talking about Spieth before, and you know, I put I kind of put Spieth and Reed in the same bucket. Yeah, like, yeah, they, they should not, not super bombers, but great short games. Spieth's probably a little bit better on approach, but I don't know. I I re- yeah, I really. If, I mean, all these guys are great. That's why you said there's only three guys can win. I think there's three guys in the nines that can win. I work out with win. I well, win. Well, I think there's five guys. Capper thinks it's three. And you, you'll, listen, listen, I guess you, you'll understand I was, where, where that all comes from. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So, so the guy, I'm actually going to fade one of Capper's guys, too. I, I'm fading Callum Morikawa in this range. So, so here's, here's the reason why. So Morikawa is very feast or famine, right? It's very all or nothing with him. And a lot of it is, like, he's consistently great ball striking. It's really what, like, what determines his finish is the putter. I could not find, and he had a massive putting performance at Memorial. I could not find a single performance where he, that was repeatable the next time. It, and, it, and it ended up being, like, you know, he was losing strokes putting. And if, if with Morikawa, if I think he's going to be three or four strokes to the field in the hole with a putter... Like things have to go really right with the ball striking, and he just doesn't have the length in order to do it. So, and actually, the POA perform—I'm pure POA. The performance I'm from Morikawa is actually not very good. Really? Yeah. So, so we didn't that's get too bad one. I, I, I'm worried about taking because I do not think what he did at Memorial with the putter is repeatable for him. And if he's already behind the eight ball there, like think a lot of things have to go really well for him this week in order to get like a top five finish. Okay. All right. Well, listen, before we uh, jump into the 8K range, listen, uh, these days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, a million pressing social issues and on and an expectation to be on for 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Uh, I mean, look, it's 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 already miserably hot out here, down here in Florida for the summertime, so, you know, unless you get that 6.50 tea time, I mean, listen, there is there is nothing better than uh, hitting the turn and grabbing an ice-cold Coors Light, preferably a bag uh, full of ice with it as well, and uh, that that's the best time for me right now uh, to do that. So listen, the Coors Light, uh, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's a crisp, refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in a new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly and Instacat. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. All right. So, 8K range. Nagels, we're going to let you go first. Okay. Well, now this is a range I'm having a very difficult time with. Okay. Why? 
Right. I, I don't know. I just can't. I, I I can't make a decision. Like I just I really can't. Like I'm frozen. Like I don't know who who I want to pick and who I want to fade. Well, I like I I did something a little different to prepare for this uh, podcast where I basically made a player pool, which is something I oddly enough I never really do. Okay. And I have five guys in this range from the eights that I think are quote playable. Now, who I like the most out of those five, you know, that'll come down to ownership and, you know, which way the wind's blowing. But that's what, how many players are in this range? We got what, uh, 10 10 or 11. Yeah. I like half half of it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's that hard. Uh, Yeah. But you like five of them, but you can't play five of them. Right. So that's, that's, Right, no, so that's no, difficult. No. I have to make choices. Right. So my favorite two, I like Justin Rose a lot. I know he's probably low owned. Uh, at least that's the impression I'm getting so far. Uh, I think you guys mentioned it before. So yeah, I like the fact that he's a low owned guy. He's he's been good to me in the majors. Top ten in the last two majors. He uh, he won this event with Hanma clubs, and yeah. he's just the type. He's just the type of. Just- hold, hold, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. So you mentioned at the top of the show, you don't want to use the January Tory results. And we're going, we're going right to Tory. He like Justin Rose won the January Tory. So I, I'm not, I'm not criticizing it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like, like, is it like, are you making exceptions for guys for that? Like, or like it, if they're, yeah, if they're like less than 5% owned. Okay. Uh, make a case for a guy, the fact that the guy who's one year, I think kind of would help my case. He's okay. All right. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just, I just, I, I just sit, remember you said that. So just, all right. So continue. Sorry. Uh, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I, I think that, uh, I think one person that's going to be ignored, I'm not saying that I love this guy, but I think one person that's going to be ignored is going to be Webb. Just because of everything we talked about with the uh, distance off the tee and everything else. Now, I don't think he can contend to win. But his record in majors, even at golf courses that don't, would, that you would, even golf courses that you wouldn't say would be suitable for a Webb Simpson, uh, he's been, he can probably top 20 this somehow, some way. He won a U.S. Open in California, if that means anything to anybody. And, I think he's going to be pretty unowned, being higher priced than Zalatoris and below Finau. I can see, I I can see Webb being a sneaky play, but again, I don't think he would win. But if I had to pick two guys, uh, I would consider Webb as a flyer. But yeah, I like Kadecki, of course. I like Justin Rose. So there you go. All right, Capper, what two? What two do you like? So this is the high, this is the high pot, right? Like it really is. Like it's so I like the chalky guys, right? Like I do, and like it's there's too much chalk, and like where where can I separate? So I was like bagels, like I was like, all right, man. So Rose, low owned, like decent, you know, decent history in in the U.S. Opens, right? A couple missed cards, a couple top tens, a win, yeah, and it's like. Low owned, but so I like Cam Smith too. But I know he probably doesn't really fit here. But I remember how well um, he played when he lost out to Tahoma uh, out on the West Coast um, at um, why am I blanking? Uh, Riviera. Thank you at Riviera. Um, I mean, he really should have won that tournament. Like, like he 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 screwed himself on that. Um, 
Will Z is super popular. Young kid hits it a ton. Can't putt. Whatever. Reed, uh, not Reed. Uh, Finau, Uber Chalk. Ugh, I, I think I, I think based on the bills that I've done so far, I got. I would say I, the guys I have the most of is Hideki and Connors, and I need to get off of Connors. I really do. Like because why, it needs. Why, why is that? I don't know, man. He's just he's so scary. Like, and he's eighty two hundred. It seems like a weird price point. Like he's the same at Hatton. I know where his world rankings at, so it makes sense. Um, he's such a good ball striker, and he's fine. He's, he's not short off the tee. Um, yeah, I mean, shit. I think I think I even bet him this morning. I think you bet him right, Steve. I think I followed suit on that. Um, Who, Connors? Yeah. I mean, a month ago at a better yeah. price, and uh, I'm not really too thrilled with it right now. Yeah, like, I don't know. He just seems like one of those guys who, who, who he's not going to win it. Don't get me wrong, but he's a guy who can score, right? And so that's fine. And he's lower owned in here. Like, I mean, I'd rather call, I'd rather Connors than a 20% Usti. And I love Usti, but fuck, a 20% Usti is terrifying. Okay. All right. I mean, my two guys is just one of them is. I mean, his ownership creeped up a little bit since this morning, but like Finau's ownership is still not out of control. He does awesome in majors. He's got the pedigree to play well at Torrey Pines. Like he plays pretty well. He puts pretty well on POA. Like that's been his bugaboo lately is like putting has been so bad. Now we're going to get to a, a putting surface where he's had pretty good success at B. It might be a putting surface that kind of levels the playing field overall for everybody. So I mean, if if, if I, I don't know how much I believe, fifteen percent ownership with him. Yeah, it's if gonna it, be twenty. It's gonna if, be twenty. All right. Well, if it stays there, yeah, I'm I'm taking Fina. And then I really like Hatton. Um, I mean, he played well. I mean, like the T grade number has been very good with him. He's not quite as short off the T as you think. He get nope. he averages about three hundred. That's plenty yeah. long enough for here. Yeah. Um, especially with uh, with how well he hits it off the tee and with his irons, he puts really well on Poa too. And you know, I may mention before the Chipotle pack. That's got Kikuya fairways, Kikuya rough, fast Poa greens. Hat's got a really good track record there, too. So, like, as far as, like, guys who are matching the turf. And his ownership's right now about 12. Yeah, yeah picked, I'm, I'm kind of digging it with good, him. He picked up steam because of that good Sunday. He made that charge on Sunday for a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think those are my two guys here. As far as guys I'm fading, like, like I, overall, if I'm seeing a guy who isn't that long off the tee – who also loses strokes off the tee of the field and also isn't a very good iron player. That's a big red flag this week. And that's unfortunately Cam Smith. And I know he's done very well at this event in January. I know he did well at Riviera, but I just think that like for a guy like Cam Smith, for him, the margin for error is much smaller. And I just, I don't want to bank on him scrambling and putting his way to like a top 15 finish. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Okay. All right, so uh-huh. who's your who's your fade in this range, uh, Nagels? Oh, uh, Daniel Berger. That guy's a freaking <laughs> chump. He's a far <laughs> I Whatever. His, I might see his girlfriend while I'm out there hanging out with, uh, with Jenna Sims, and I might have something to say to her, but she's, uh, she's the worst. And <laughs> I, I can't stand what? Daniel Berger. I, I hope he misses the cut by a nine miles. Who's Daniel Berger's girlfriend? Victor, uh, Victoria Slater. I don't know who that is. Yeah, she's, she's Daniel Berger's girlfriend. She's a good friend of Jenna Sims. And I saw her at Beth Page Black, and she gave me fucking attitude. So. Oh, so that's why. Okay, I was like, I was like, oh, she's like a known like like 
pain in the ass like Mahomes. I wife. asked her if you know she I mean? was Vicky because I knew her name, and she's like, "No, I'm not Vicky." I'm like, "You're not." I'm like, "This isn't you." I had a picture. I'm like, this, "This is you." That's why I came over here because this is you. She's like, "Oh, my name's Victoria. It's not Vicky." I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I was so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> they made me like feel like an asshole. Like I wasn't creeping on her. But at the time, Berger was like hovering around the leaderboard. He was playing well because I was following his group around because he was playing. I think with Paul Casey, and I, you know, I just wanted to say hi. And she was so obnoxious, and it was annoying because when I met Jenna Sims, she could not have been nicer. Although the difference was when I was with Jenna. I had my daughter with me, oh, yeah. so it was like, that's, oh, yeah. who's a cute yeah. little girl? And when I was by Slater, it was like, who's this creepy guy like coming to talk to me? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. I understand, yeah. but she was still kind of bitchy. Anyway, I think Burgers sucks in majors. I have no confidence in him, and he would be my fate. So if you want to bet him the top five, I, I would understand. Okay. <laughs> I don't hate that fate. I'm actually fading Webb. Um, short off the team. Mistake. Everything. The mistake. Yeah. Listen, uh, listen. I, I had the same narrative uh, going into the last major, right? Like the guy, the guy always competes at majors. Does you know? Does whatever he needs to do. As somebody who's bet him in a bunch of matchups and has had money on him and has watched them, you know, it's just he is. He's just not himself right now. He's not like he's not the same guy. Like I talked about Reed. Like I'm confident that he's going to drain that 12 foot putt for pa. I don't have that confidence in Webb sh- uh, putting right now, and it, it's not his irons haven't been like. Web sharp, right? I mean, look, they're still fine, right? But they're not web sharp, and it, it it comes down to a decision for me here. Like, and I'll just I'm gonna I'm gonna fade web. Okay. okay. All right, hey Nagels. So I, I want to ask you about one guy. Cause you've been on him a couple of times, I think, the last few weeks. So Scotty Scheffler. Do you have any yeah. thoughts on him? No. Uh, he's been great. Uh, in he's been great in the majors. He really has. Uh, I just don't know. Like, is he really gonna? Is he gonna? Re- and so is Zalatoris, by the way. I think maybe, wait, do you have Scheffler's major record there? Because uh, he finished top 10 in PGA, top 10 in the PGA, uh, top 20 in the Masters, and yeah. he didn't play the U.S. Open. Yeah, okay. There yeah, might like, be another one. He was an amateur or something. But, yeah, those are the most recent ones since he's been a pro. So, the, yeah, he, he, has been, he has been good. And it's just a question of whether he can, is he really going to, is he going to keep that up? I, lo- I love Scotty Scheffler. I played him in the Farmers back in February, and he was went from first round leader to on the North Course to missing the cut, shooting about a, a seventy nine mm-hmm. on the South Course. Uh, on when when the wind when the it was pretty windy out there that day, the conditions were tough. But no, I don't. It's I don't have that feeling for Scheffler. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to do that again. I thought he might be more popular. Than he is. It's seemingly. I don't know what his ownership is, but I kind like of faded both sub, Dallas sub 10. and. I like Hideki. Okay. I like Finau. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I don't really have a. It's a Scotty Scheffler. Week. No, Scott, no Scotty Scheffler vibe this week. So, so I, have an, I have an interesting little tidbit about Scheffler, and I want to bring this up. So, because I, I remember, yes, like that. Farmers Insurance open in January. He just got blown out to sea. I think he played there last year too in 2020. And on the south, like I only see strokes game for the south course, and it didn't go well for him there either. Mm-hmm. And his overall like putting performance on pure POA, not like that bent POA stuff, is really bad. And what I found out was the north course is actually bent grass greens. 
And Scotty Shepard does really well on bent grass. Yeah. Maybe there's something too, like the fact that the South Course is pure POA. Maybe it doesn't putt quite as well. So, I mean, I I like Scotty Shepard too. Like, he's long. Like, the iron play is good. He gains a lot of strokes off the tee. Like, I mean, I guess, like, that's a slight red flag. But if he is under 10% ownership, I'm willing to, like, take the jump with that. That's what I can get behind. Yeah, I would agree. It's just, Steve, you have to, we're talking about the lineup that I'm, the lineup that I'm building, if I'm going to be playing Xander, who's going to be probably the, one of the highest owned guys on the slate, and I just, I just need to find some ownership advantages in certain ranges, and I, I, I love Scotty Sheffer. Don't get me wrong, but I'm gonna probably gonna go down a little bit further, uh, in that, in that range. I got you. All right, sounds good. I, I don't have anything bad to say about the about that young man. He's very okay. <laughs> sounds good. All right. I don't know. Doesn't it suck that now we say now we say that young man and then like yeah oh shit like yeah we're fucking getting yeah. that man like yeah oh, like that, that kid it's probably get cheap but yeah exactly yeah I was I was a teenager when he was born <laughs> yeah. fucking terrible all right that's like the other young people in my office they're like super young I'm like what do you mean you're 23 years old I'm like but you don't know anything I'm talking about you don't get the movie references I drop the quotes these are funny you should laugh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got the casino reference you had in the Slack channel today, though. Yeah, See, I do watch good movies. Yeah, fuck you. We're not going over this again. Nagels. Yes, sir. Goodfellas. Where does it rank on all time? Just movies in general. No, you got you got the wrong guy for that. I'm oh, not a Christ. like gangster. I'm, I know I'm from Jersey, and everybody thinks I, I'm friends with Tony Soprano, but I am. Uh, I, I I don't like any of those. I don't like any of those movies. You don't the, like I, The Godfather, Goodfellas, Casino. Uh, like, it's all a waste of time to me. I apologize. Whoa. I'm a sports guy. I don't oh. care. This podcast might end. Oh, my God. I apologize. <laughs> I live in a stereotypical world, and everyone associates Jersey with all that nonsense. Nobody and- nobody associates. like We associate Jersey with like some of like the the, tr- the, the garbage industry-wise guys. I'm probably going to end up getting shot now, but I think the <laughs> mafia and the mob is all like, like it's bullshit. They're not like they're, they're, they're a bunch of bullies. I, just, yeah. I don't care. You're I, not, I mean, you're not, you're not wrong about that, but the films are fucking amazing. I, 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 I can't don't care. I, I, it has no connection to me. I think it's all. I think they're all full of shit, and these guys are all fake tough guys. And I'm not yeah. scared. I mean, I mean, I, I would would say murderers aren't really fake tough guys, but uh, that's that's. Hey man, well, why are they murdering people? It, it's bullshit. It's like it's not. Normal in society. No, of course not. No one is condoning murder, Nagels. I, I just want to know if you like a good awesome. fucking movie. I don't think that's cool. I don't think it's awesome. I'm not impressed. It's bunch. It's all bullshit. Okay. I I don't. I'm not into that. It's all like right. I don't like it. Okay. Oh, I put a horse in your bed. Like oh, whatever. Yeah. All right, easy, easy. You're gonna make me upset. The, um, uh, I, I think uh, Nagel just moved up to number one of uh, you know past Patrick Cantley of uh, on no. your most hated list right there. Uh, I didn't like just, the just crapping on gangster movies. I, your passion. I, the Departed. The Departed is is definitely overrated. And somebody from Boston, like I used to, I it made me irritated. Um, and everybody loves it. There was a couple good things in it, but it was too long. Uh, yeah, the best part. The best Boston movie is probably Gone Baby Gone or Mystic River. Both of those are really good. Okay. Oh, in the town. That's a good one too. Yeah, town like good. Yeah, I like a good bank robbery movie. I like a good a good caper. I like police movies, but the mob and all that, it's whatever. I don't know what the, I don't know what they're doing. All right. All right. Seven thousand well, dollars. 
Nice sidetrack. Nice right. smooth transition. Smooth. All right, so who, who's leading off here? I think, uh, I think me this time. Capper, why don't you go three? Three of your favorites in this range. Yeah, so there's a lot. <laughs> so I'm hoping you guys are going to hit, hit on some of them. Like, this is probably, I'm going to pepper a lot down here. Um, I, we talked about it last night. Uh, I've become even more in love with Kokrak as it's gone on. I don't give a shit what his ownership is. I'll differentiate somewhere else. Um, he's a guy who can score, get hot. Um, I like Homa. Right, he's chalky too, but I actually he's not he's not one of what I want to talk about. So we talked about the Kakuya. Um, so I, I texted you this earlier today. Like Scott's kind of sneaky long, and then I didn't read that article that you just said. But then the fact that you just said Brooksy said he hits the ball real well off of that, like specifically referenced him. I'm very happy with my with my Adam Scott exposure right now, and I'm going Leishman as well. So Scott Leishman um, and Kokrak for me. Okay. All right, Nagels, what about three guys you like in this range? I like Adam Scott as well. I like the fact that he finished, what, 14th, I think, in his last start. I was keeping a keen eye on that because I thought that was a put-up or shut-up time for Adam Scott in preparation for this event, and I think Adam Scott is going to play well, and Capper, I think that is a, I think you're, you're safe. That's a good pick. Um, I, I have a question. Uh, Steve, I need your help on this. Sure. I just I just came up with this before you guys sent me the link to get on here. But if Paul Casey's gonna be the the chalky guy, right? And he's gonna be the highest owned guy in the seven thousand dollar range. What about Matthew Fitzpatrick as a as a pivot to him from mm. him? And so, it's a long, tough golf course. He's never played here before. I just he was okay. He had a T ten last week. <sighs> I'm concerned about Poa. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about it. I got to look into it. He finished 12th at Shinnecock, if that means anything. But you just said that w- those weren't pure Poa greens. Yeah, they're they're bad. You know, this event because he's over there playing in Europe. But what do you, as far as ownership goes, what do you think of a pivot from Casey to Fitzpatrick? So, and this is kind of speaks to what I talked about earlier in the show, where I think there is a there, we need to differentiate between driving distance and strokes gained off the tee. So, yeah, Fitzpatrick is really short off the tee, but he's one of the strongest guys in that metric with strokes gained. Like, he's gaining almost a stroke per round on the field off the tee because he's just so damn accurate. And, you know, I mean, listen, like, we call these guys short, but, you know, Fitzpatrick averages 293 off the box. Like, Tiger Woods averaged 294 when he won 2008, and the yardage is the exact same here at Torrey Pines that it was in 2008. Nothing has really changed about this golf course. So, like, yeah, we'll call guys, quote-unquote, short, but they're just as they're longer than all the guys that played back in 2008. So, yeah, I like I, I think he's fine to play here. I think my concern with Fitzpatrick, though, is like if you're short, like how you do with your irons. And that's a that's actually a big concern of his, especially with the longer irons. Like if you look at some of his like stats, like from like 150, 175, 200 out, they're not very good. Like, I mean, you're going to hate this answer, but. You know, I, you know, no pun intended, but <laughs> I mean, you got Abe answer right there. Yeah. Who's short off the tee gains a ton of strokes off the tee though, on the field. Cause he just does the same thing as Fitzpatrick. He's accurate, much better iron player, much better long iron player. That I mean, like, the- I, I, like, I, I kind of think like it, it's hard for me to wrap my head around because I think Matthew Fitzpatrick is a better player <laughs> than answer, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at all these stats. I'm like, I mean, yeah, Fitzpatrick sucks with his long irons this week. That's not going to work out for well for him. If the answer is just sticking everything onto the green from like 175, 
that's going to work out pretty well for him. So, like, I, I think, though, like, I, I'm fine with Fitzpatrick. I think he's, what, like 6% or so? Yeah. Like, I can see it going well for him. Just, like, for me, a red flag is, like, the iron play is really bad. And that was actually not very good at Congaree either. Like, it's oh. not like like it's not like I'm going in, like, okay, he kind of built on something there. I don't know. That, like, that's a little bit of a red flag. But, listen, I like Matthew Fitzpatrick just overall. I think he's a good player. If you want to play him, I, I'm not going to knock you for it. I think I think you said, like you said, answer. I think answer is the pivot there. Even though he's 10%, it's still half the ownership of Casey. That's and not was- on the table. I'm not going to play <laughs> in a major. I'm sorry. It's not on the table. Okay. But I, I'll stick with Casey. I was just asking if Fitzpatrick was a – Legitimate pivot. I don't. I don't want to get in a situation where I'm overthinking these things. That's no. what happens to me. I'll, I'll pivot off of, of a good play because I mean, of a or something, and I'll reach. And I don't want to reach. I mean, he's got a good that was answer, a answers. Answers got a decent history at major. I man. don't like Abe Answer. All right. He's a lovely right. human being, but he <laughs> folds like a cheap suit in a big spot. Okay. He's not my type of player. All right. Okay. Balls. All right, so let me make, make you feel better about Matthew. I like Hoffman, too, by the way. Okay. All right. All right. Well, so I, with Fitzpatrick, if you want to pivot off Casey, where Casey has a massive advantage with his irons, Fitzpatrick gains it right back with the putter. So the two can net out, and he's lower owned. So, yeah, like, I mean, Fitzpatrick can beat Casey at lower ownership, and just overall what they do in a course of a round, they do – similar things it just i i just with the long iron play that's that's a little concerning for a u.s open but i i don't hate it i think fitzpatrick is fine all right in the next day or two if you come across numbers of fitzpatrick on poet greens or anything like that i want point, you to point point two strokes per round it's mostly it's so and this is just pure poa so that is that's pebble that's riv that would be chipotle pack and he's never played a tory so it's chipotle pack pebble Riv, point two strokes per hour. So yeah, he's gaining on the on the field. It's not quite as strong as what he usually does in Bermuda, but it's he's still terrible. fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's not it's not deadly. No, it's not. Okay. Um, I mean, we talked about answer and Fitzpatrick. Like that was kind of the guys up top as far as like you're looking for guys who aren't necessarily popular because people are looking because they're not long off the tee, but they gain strokes on the field like we already talked about i don't need to discuss that like listen like i like code crack like i think he's fine but like i can also get sam burns who does the same things as code crack does at half the yeah. ownership like he's off the tee really good with his irons he actually puts pretty well on poa like he played pretty well in the west coast swing in january so i know that he can handle pure poa greens pretty well i think that's fine um i'm with you guys i'm adam scott like i mean like he's He's like he was one of like the quote unquote sleepers because he's under he's like about five percent. But yeah, I like Adam Scott. Um, I like Matt Matt Wallace this week. Um, played well at a couple Reese Jones courses. Played well at Beth Page Black. That was redesigned by Reese Jones. Played well at Bellarive. That was redesigned by Reese Jones. It's a redesign, but Tory Pines is a Reese Jones redesign. If you want to go the architecture route, you can do that. He's also putted pretty well on POA in his career. So. Yeah, I mean, like, he's got enough length off the tees, hit his irons pretty well. You know, I mean, that's enough for me at about, what, like, 9%, 10% ownership is not that crazy. Yep. I, I I like him there. And then, like, you know, as far as, like, a real low-owned play, I just think Robert McIntyre is just a tough player. Like, he impressed me at Kiowa. He's got enough length off the tee, too. You know, I, I just, I think he's going to be a solid U.S. Open guy, and he's, like, 2% owned. I just have always liked him. Maybe because I'm a lefty and he's a lefty too. Maybe that's an affinity there. But 
I, I, that's like a like real like bargain basement pick of mine at seven thousand dollars. And that guy I'm fading, like the the narrative street. And I grab Max home at one twenty five to one because I think there is something legitimate to the fact he does play well on the West Coast. But everyone is picking. Oh, he's a California kid, and I I think he I think he might end up being like top two owned guy in this tier when it's all said so? and done. And for DFS purposes, I'm just going to avoid it at that point. I'll settle with my outright at 125. I don't want to have him just crash and burn and ruin a DFS lineup if everybody's on him anyways, only because California kid, good on social media. That's why I'm picking him. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, like, I mean, I laid out my article, the reasons why he could do well. I just it, it's it's pure ownership and narrative street is why I'm just avoiding. There's too many other guys that are lower owned that I like just as much. that I'm going to go to instead. Okay, I can see that. You got a fade down here, Nagels. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think Holm has made a cut in a major yet. I think he's missed five straight in a row. If I saw that correctly, and that was an instant fade for me. And yeah, if he's going to be the highest owned guy, that's a yeah, it's a problem. Fade. Uh yeah, I mean, I could fade Abe answer. I've heard a lot of uh, Kokrak and Neiman, and I only play those guys on Bentgrass screens, so I don't know what type of reaction that that that's going to elicit. I, I, I don't think that's a great fit. I've been playing Shane Larry on these big, long, tough golf courses for a while, yeah. but I, don't, I, I can't keep going back to the well with that, and I think everybody's going to that well. He's super I, chalky. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a red flag in uh in my world. So I might be I might be with uh yeah, Casey. Yeah, I like Casey. I like uh who else did I say? Adam Scott. <laughs> yep. And I I was gonna play Wallace and I switched to Charlie Hoffman. Yeah, he's, Hoffman's got plenty of pop off the tee. I think he's he's fine for this. He's been playing he's been playing great. I everyone I haven't heard anybody mention him. You know, he's the San Diego guy and I, I don't. Is his ownership really high? No. Yeah, just because the ball. Well, I mean, what thirteen percent? Yeah, like 13. just because. Just because when people look at his stats, they see great tee to green. They just go, "Okay, I'm taking him." What do you shoot? Eighty at Memorial or something? Or I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Things yeah. kind of crash and burn from there, but it's just one tournament. So yeah, he was a chalky guy, like the whole Texas swing and everything else. And yep. I don't know. I I think it's a good spot for him. He plays well in the U.S. Open, Charlie Hoffman. So he does. I think didn't he play well at uh, Aaron Hills a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. he was up he there. Hasn't, yeah. He hasn't been in the U.S. Open. That's the only problem. Yeah, <laughs> he finally qualified. He's it's raring to go then on his home course. Well, <laughs> all right. Sorry, I kept talking too much. No, that's okay. That's, that's, this, is, this is what a podcast is, Nagels. We talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's actually Boston Capper's therapy for the week. It is. it is. It really is. It's my favorite part of the week. The, um, the uh, once again, four daughters, two female dogs. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, I'm fading Casey. Just a straight ownership play. Like I it could whatever. I just I, I'm just not going to play him. Twenty percent. No, I'm just not. Not when I can pivot. Like I like answer fine this week. Uh, Rose is a hundred dollars more. Um, Burns is two hundred dollars less. Like give me and because I'm so chalky and, and the ownership so spread out, especially when I'm playing a chalky play like Coke Rack, I need to differentiate somewhere. And there's no way I can play a twenty percent Paul Casey. There's no way. Okay. okay. All right. 
Well, I guess why don't we move down to under $7,000? Am I going first? Because I don't want to go first. <laughs> well, listen, before we, before we go dumpster diving, um, uh, listen, we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA championship in the Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap is making it easy to profit from these playoffs by trading in and out of teams as the postseason progresses. Every ticket can be purchased on PropSwap and can be resold at any time. Last week, a PropSwap customer purchased a Montreal Canadian Stanley Cup future for $45 when the team was down 3-1 against the Maple Leafs. A few days later, he flipped it for $600. With PropSwap, you, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in free bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today and listen last plug uh the sgp app is now live so you know go to google play go to your apple play store go download the app you got to get it down by this week even if you don't know anything about the nba finals you can take a free roll to try to win a g uh they're running uh, the nba finals free roll contest and it locks at the end of the week so go download the app and hit the contest tab for your chance to take home a thousand dollars and listen don't forget to toss us an uh, us a app review and download the app today go download it. it's free free motherfuckers go get it <laughs> <laughs> All right. So actually, Capper, you're uh, on the schedule to, uh, to go right. pick three. Good luck, sir. Listen, uh, th- I don't hate this. <laughs> <laughs> this. This is your comfort zone. Yeah, like, like you I are see, Mr. Dumpster Dive. Yeah, I listen. I mean, I, I like it fine. Um, and and I, I think it's just only because, like, like I guess, like I'm trying to avoid the balance build this week because I think everybody else is going to do it. Um, and I want to be able to get some of those the the guys who I actually think are going to win the goddamn tournament. You know what I mean? It's tough to stuff those guys in in, in without dipping down into this. It is impossible, actually. Um, so I texted you this morning. Why am I going to be overweight? Who am I going to be overweight on? And tell me why it's Johnny Vegas. It's Johnny Vegas, man. I'm on him all the time anyway. Um, I fucking hate the fact that he's six percent owned. I'll I will admit that I fucking hate that. Uh, but dude's long off the tee. Um, good player. Like his profile should play well here like i like it um i also like munez um i know i know i can already see the disappointment in your eyes like whatever like i, I think he's fine 6900 he he's been p- playing a lot better lately he's basically the same on like he doesn't have anything on uh on poa like i can't find anything that, that he plays well on poa that's the only thing that kind of scares me a little bit um but yeah like i like him i like Oh, that's what I want you to talk to me about. Talk to me. I know we don't have any data on him, but Guido Miglia, whatever, last name. Guido Migliazzi? Yeah. yeah, there you go. Talk to me a little yeah, bit Yeah, so him. he's got a bunch of runner finishes over in Europe. He's actually a pretty long hitter. Is he long? Okay. Yeah, he averages 305 on the European Tour, putts pretty well, too. I mean, like... I mean, a lot of those these recent European tour events have been garbage. Garbage, yeah. Canary Island. Oh, we didn't yeah, we'll see Garrett Hago end up winning a yeah. garbage PGA Tour event, but this is the U.S. Open. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a guy who's just long off the team and, like, that's the only thing you're looking for, like, that's fine. He's been hitting his irons a little better lately, too, over the Euro Tour. So, yeah, I don't mind that. At least he's got length. So, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, so, and I like, I like Stewart. I like a little Patrick Rogers. I know his fucking his his track record is is not great right now, but he's another guy who's long. And if he can get hot, and just look, the only thing you need is to hope to Christ to make the cut. We already told you it's sixty. 
and and ties make it through, right? So I mean, you're really on a wing and a prayer down here, um, regardless. So any little thing you can hold on to. Um, I like Stewart and Rogers. Uh, I was trying to look at the John Ha and Justin So. Like trying to look at those two. I don't like posting. EVR is too crazy. RCB, no. Wyndham Clark's all right. I don't mind Wyndham Clark. Is he so like five? He's got like five percent ownership though. Hold on, I'm not. Yeah, he, he was. I mean, it's it's not insignificant. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's a problem. Atlanta's going to be chalky. So I, I like. And if I'm already playing Vegas, um. So yeah. So I would say. Listen, I don't even care. Like whatever. Five percent ownership in six K. Whatever. I'll, so my three guys. I'll go Vegas, Clark, and and Munez. Uh, with I think I'm going to do a little digging into uh, Guido, uh, just because uh, what a great name, Guido. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think of the of Vegas or Griffin. I'm probably picking Lanto. I mean, they're really? chalky. Yeah, I just, I mean, he played well at the PGA last year. Didn't he make a cut at the Masters too? Like, at least I've. I, when's the last time Vegas like made a like a major like cut? I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. I don't really follow Johnny Vegas as closely as you do. Yeah. So, so. no. So so I'm looking at Lanto. Lanto hasn't. He missed PGA Masters. Miscut Masters. He came 43rd at the U.S. Open in September. Okay, and he did well at, I think, what, Harding Park, too? Yeah, 19th at Harding right. Park. I mean, I know he's getting strokes off. I'm looking for guys who are long getting strokes off the tee. Hits their irons okay. I mean, that's yeah, that's acceptable. I think he can make a weekend. Um, I mean, Taylor Pendrith, he's a corn fairy guy. But he hits it pretty long. He made the cut at, wing, at Wingfoot, so I know at least he has the talent in order to make yeah. a weekend. Like, he's the guy that probably should be on the PGA tour right now, but if, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, yep. you know, he wouldn't be there. You know, I mean, uh, he at least has the length and I think has the pedigree to eventually be a very good player on the PGA tour. So oh. I at least some bank down the talent, but I mean, otherwise, I don't know. I, I, I'm not dipping too much in this range. Like, <laughs> do I really want to bank on like Wyndham Clark this week? Like I know he's long off the tee, but I mean, just just because you're long doesn't may, mean you're going to do well automatically at a bomber's golf course. Yeah, so. I hear you, but really, what's it, like in reality? What's the difference between him and Ryan Palmer? A lot. I know. I, I Ryan Palmer's a much better player. But I'm saying, like as far as oh, like your, your make your make cut equity between Palmer and him with his top sixty ties, I don't think it's that big. Of a, I, I think it's a I think it's a big difference. No, I think you're. That's. I mean, that is horribly disrespectful. That, that's a hot. <laughs> I, I think a better comparison. What's the difference between Wyndham Clark and Cam Champ? I think okay. that's a that's a Fine. better comparison. I mean, whatever, dude. Like, I, like uh, Palmer is whatever. Like, I, I don't know. I think I, I've been burned by Palmer too many times. Maybe that's why. Good player. He's a good player. <laughs> Can I, can I make a cam? Can I rip on Cam Champ again? Did you guys know he lost eight strokes tee to green his last uh, tournament? Pretty bad. It's pretty <laughs> really bad. awful. I think in one round too, and then he withdrew. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I, I I I beat up Cam. Dude, Champ. no, this 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 withdraw shit pisses me off. That, that that I hate. Well, we might be hurt. No, he's a baby, and he didn't play well, and he went, took his ball, and he went home. And this is a brand new. I swear to God, this is no. Like like I don't remember golfers doing this shit. Like just millennial. Tiger did it all the time. Tiger was really hurt. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who, 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 who hasn't like broken the- eighty in in two months? He's he's not hurt. <laughs> you, you don't know anything, Cap. What the hell are you talking about? I know. But Tiger started this. He set the precedent. I guess you're right. Yeah. Man, the right, person here and say bad things about Tiger? I don't think so. <laughs> it happens. Deal with it. Guys get hurt or fake hurt. It happens. 
Low right, roster. Under, under, under seven, who are you picking, Nagels? I like uh, I like RCB a little bit. Rafa Cabrera Bale, for people who don't know who that is. Yeah. He, uh, Anybody who listens to this podcast knows who RCB is. I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. Oh, but my, my Aunt Judy might listen to this podcast and she won't know who he is, so I have to spell it out for her. Um, he, uh, I don't know what happened last week. I think that he got picked because he had a, he's been playing a little bit better lately, and I think he's got a, a sneaky pedigree in this at $6,700 that he might be of value this week. And knowing that he qualified, maybe last week didn't really matter, so I know he wasn't great. I like him. I looked at uh, Bernd v- uh, Wiesberger, mm. a nice little uh, little Euro guy, 6,800. Yep. That maybe, again, pedigree, he's been okay in the in the majors. Although can, he, sometimes- can he make a cut anywhere else besides Augusta, though? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> the million-dollar question. And I may not be even sure if I am confusing him with Christian Bezenihu or not. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell knows? Fair and question. The other guy I like, though, uh, legitimately, the guy I like uh, would be uh, Brendan Steele at 6,500. And I, okay. I think I heard that he's, uh, you know, 6% owned. Listen, 6% owned is not high ownership. That's 94% unowned. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But for I'm six, you know what we mean. With six, with 6K range, anybody who's like... Five percent or more is as long chocolate. as you don't hit double figures, you're fine. It, it, it I, means it means it's the, like the trendy, like everybody's talking about him on the podcast pick. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, you, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of options down here, but no. oh, I wouldn't recommend taking two guys up up in the tens, especially with all the value you have in the eights and nines. It is a major soft pricing, and you probably don't have to dip into the sevens and still feel pretty good about your lineup, in my opinion. But yeah, okay. those are the only three guys that. Would be I would consider playable, which obviously there's going to be, there's probably going to be a couple guys down here to make the cut, and we'll see. But. Okay, we we had a couple Slack channel requests for some guys under seven thousand dollars, so I'm going to ask you guys if you guys have any thoughts. So KH Lee, sixty nine hundred dollars. That do anything anything for you guys? No, I, I could see that. Depends yeah, on. Yeah. How- he played well at what? Uh, not Riviera. No, I'm sorry, he didn't play well at Riviera. So. Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix is the one. And then he won at Byron Nelson. So, yeah, I mean, listen, he's, he's got some finishes. Yeah, whatever. Um, I mean, yeah. All right, Cameron he's Young. Only half, he's only half a percent owned. All right, Cameron Young, do you guys even know who he is? No, I have no okay. idea. He won back-to-back so he, Corn Ferry events. Of course he I know did. who he is. He missed a billion cuts. I'm a and golf back expert, Of course I know who he is. That is true. So, yeah, so listen, I mean, again, like a talented Corn Ferry kid hits it a mile off the tee. So, yeah, it can happen. I'm usually, um, I'm a little... Uh, what's the? I don't know what the word is. Uh, bullish on some of these young guys with a lot of hype. It didn't yeah. serve me well when Higo won last week. But you know, you got Higo, you got Wilco, you got Guido. It's, uh, Sounds like the Jersey much. Shore. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much going on here. So I will. Uh, no, that guy, that kid, young. Yeah, but I'm gonna wait and see. You know, I I got. I got sucked into Ollie Schneider Jans years back, and oh, I'm still paying the price for that. So. Uh, that 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 stinger iron at the Wyndham that he hit—it yeah. just it plays in my head over and over. <laughs> yeah, what I I wish he was good. <laughs> he's for, he's he's trying. He's I like, know he is. He's, he's like struggling. 35th in the on, on the uh, in the Corn Ferry rankings. He needs to I, I, a couple I more we, good finishes. Yeah, I hope we get him and his lovely lock of hair 
you know, just back onto the PGA Tour, you know. He sent my daughter a Christmas gift. What? Oh. Nice. Black Christmas birthday. Nice. Because we followed him around at the uh, at the Northern Trust. You know, uh, we definitely should, we definitely should root for that guy to get back. Then. I'm yeah. sorry, Steve. We should definitely root for that guy to get back on the PGA Tour. Then. Yeah, he's uh, he's almost yeah. there. We'll see. That's a nice. I mean, seriously, that's a nice thing to do, man. Yeah, his agent came up to me and uh, asked me for our address because he wanted to give something to my to my daughter. And then uh, her birthday was like two weeks later because it was the playoffs yeah. or whatever. It's mid September. And she got like a signed, uh, what do they call that? Your, uh, you have like your own uh, stationery. Uh, what do they call that? They call it something. What? If you have like your own stationery with your name on it, and you write notes on it. A notepad. Of what? A notepad. Yes, but it's got a name. <laughs> and it says like from the desk of. Uh, I don't know the name. Really. You guys are making me sound like an idiot. <laughs> you all know, you know what the word is. He had his own stationery with the, with the name on it. It might anyway. just be stationery. <laughs> no, there's a word. Okay. Oh, God, oh. And you guys are going to be pissed when you figure out what the word is. I mean, personalized stationery. I'll try to figure out what it is, and we'll, we'll tell you in the chat, in your chat on Wednesday. Oh, so he wrote, her, he wrote her a personalized card and sent her like a Callaway uh Callaway uh, polo shirt. Oh, that was, that's sweet. I was thinking, yeah, it was, yeah. He's our guy. We love Ali. All right, so, so, all right, so he comes back. So, I, but I, I'm, I basically got him kicked off the tour. So hopefully, because <laughs> I, I was betting him every week. So hopefully, uh, I, I just, I just wait and see with some of these young guys. So, all right, sounds good. Sorry, I was rambling. Right. Yeah, it's fine. Hey, do you have any closing thoughts? Anything you want to plug? Uh, you know, floor is yours. I got a big show Wednesday night. Live from San Diego. In my yeah, so how's, how's that going to work? How are you recording that? Just in your, at your brother's I'm house? I'm going to use my computer. I'm going to connect to the hotel Wi-Fi, and hopefully I'm going to record it at 5 o'clock Eastern, or 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. Can you so can I, you make it like – can you stop making it like 8.30? Like I got kids to put down around that time. I never catch it live. <laughs> Just watch the replay. I know. I do, but I like to type at you. <laughs> oh, no, I can't do that. I'm not changing the time. I've, uh, I've built it. I got a brand here. I know. I know. It's worth a shot, though. No. All right. Yes. So, yeah, I got a big show uh, Wednesday night. And, guys, listen, uh, I've been waiting a long time to go out to Torrey Pines for this tournament. This particular U.S. Open means a lot to me. And now we have the whole Xander hasn't won in two and a half years. And maybe, just maybe, all those close calls have all been just a buildup for this moment when I'm there on Father's Day and my guy winning. And John Rom spitting a bit, and I get my moment, and I'm on vacation, and life really isn't so bad. Maybe that is in play. Or, or I go out there, I spend all this money, all the money that I won on Hideki at the Masters, and read a Tory, and I, I book this trip, and I book airline tickets, and I book hotel, and I buy tickets, and I got to eat while I'm out there, and maybe rent a car, and Uber rides and I spent all this money and fucking John Rom wins because he's due and he's playing great and he's in good form and he's a hero because he beat COVID in two days and you know he got the freaking uh, the baby and baby swag and he got a victory was taken away from him and it's his first major and he's going to be number one player in the world and Jeff Nagel's life sucks. That is also <laughs> on the table. So I need you guys to help me out 
that good things will happen to me and all this positive energy. I just saw my entire family. It was a, a whole big thing with my grandmother who passed away in November and we had a nice great service for her and we played her to rest and grandma swag is back and it's standard for grandma week. And hopefully all the stars are aligning for me and not the complete disaster that is the other scenario. So, root for me. Those are my closing thoughts. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show. And best of luck to everybody this week. Uh, we'll keep you. We'll keep you in our prayers, okay? Yeah, but I so I just full disclosure. Listen, if I if Rom happens to lose, I have a nice chunk of money on Rom. So if he does lose, uh, I hope at least you get a Xander victory, bud. <laughs> Great. Oh, and I'm hoping the swing by uh, Sean and Ron, and Sean and Kramer on Tuesday. Oh, there you go. Uh, oh, I'm going to be in LA. I'm going to LA on yeah. uh, on Monday. Yeah. Oh, very cool. I have a friend who lives there. I'm going to be in L.A. for a couple of days, and I'm hoping to uh, hook up with Sean and Ryan while I'm out there. Yeah. Nice. There might be out. an emergency giant suck podcast. We don't know. Nice. So, I mean, that would that would definitely you, you be and Kramer are getting a fist fight then. No, I love Kramer. I love Kramer. <laughs> it's great. Are you uh, are you going to come out to, to Vegas first week of football? No. Why? Uh because probably that that's gonna be the end of golf season, and f- for the first time, I'll have weekends to like talk to people. And <laughs> I'm not gonna waste my time watching the Giants lose to Denver or whoever the hell they're playing. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> no, no, I, that's not part of the that's not part of the equation. Yeah. I might go to Vegas to watch the Shriners. I'm not gonna go out there to watch the Giants. But that's me. <laughs> I'm a golf guy. Oh, I know. Me too, buddy. But I'm a gambling guy. Um, all right. So, Steve, closing thoughts? Anything? No, I got nothing else. Uh, right. I think some of the books are starting to release their props. Uh, I gotta go take a look and uh, see what else I'll be spending my money on. You need to release the fucking pairings. Uh, they they better they better pair Brooks and Bryson together. You're right? to, it, I think tomorrow afternoon you, you'll get them. Right why? Like why not? What I mean? What an easy thing to get ratings. Grow the game. Well, do something that would grow the game and get. What do you call her, Cindy from accounting? What the hell do you call her? To fucking watch. Yeah, like like get her to watch it. That's how you're gonna get them to watch. Like put them together. Stop being cowards. Put your balls on the table. Who cares if you think it's gonna make the game look bad? It's gonna be fucking great TV. They're not gonna do it. I know they're not gonna do it. That's why I'm angry about it. <laughs> if they, if you seriously want more eyeballs on your product and you want to get buzz and you want you want the game to grow, this is what you do. But they're not gonna do it. I know they're not uh, gonna do it. Instead, they want. To PJ Pro's. Oh, Phil, Phil will be with, on NBC Gold again. Let, let's watch fucking Phil Mickelson shoot a fucking 80 on a Thursday. No, the PJ Tour and all these golf organizations think that people want to watch, you know, these guys paired with like quarterbacks oh, for gosh. three hours. Listen, I, I, I definitely watch that though, so I can't hate on it. Um, yeah, we can bet on it, so it's all right. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, man. So uh, listen, you guys know the spiel. Uh, so make sure to check out. Uh, Nagel's Bagel special show from California. Uh, can't wait to see if there's any uh, uh, technology trouble uh, with getting it set up uh, at a hotel with Wi-Fi. Um, so, um, so you know where to find me uh, on Twitter, Boston underscore Kappa. Uh, Twitterless Steve, just go read his fucking articles. He was way short. He was light this week. It's only like 3,500 words plus God knows how many more he's going to put out. Come find us on Slack. Uh, that's uh, where we put out all of our matchups, first round leaders, all that good shit. Other than that, man, uh, I want to thank Nagels Bagels for coming out and hope he has a safe flight out to Cali and hope the week goes well for him. Let's go break them book, bitches.